We're in this uh, series, Level Up, and we've been looking at how to mature and grow in our spiritual life, living life on a whole nother level, as we've been talking about it. One of the, we've been looking at one of the most practical books in the New Testament, the book of James, and today our, our focus is, is the future. We, we are preoccupied with the future. We want to know what's going to happen next, don't we? We want to know what's going to happen next week, next month, next year. And people try all kinds of things to kind of forecast the future, you know, tarot cards, uh, astrology, palm reading, all in an attempt to, to know what the future holds. We, we read books, uh, we subscribe to periodicals because we want to forecast the economic trends. We attend conferences and seminars. We learn how to plan, how to set goals. Again, all in an effort to try and get a handle on the future or control the future. James is going to give us some really helpful advice about facing the future. James is going to say that we, we, as we plan, we need to be aware of a few mistakes that, that people do when they're looking at the future. And the first mistake James is going to kind of illustrate in a typical conversation, and I'm guessing maybe between a couple of businessmen, you know, maybe one of them had an MBA from the University of Jerusalem, maybe the other's a CEO in Tel Aviv and, you know, a Fortune 500 company. And these two guys are, are discussing their, their plans, and we get a kind of eavesdrop on it. it says, now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carrying on business and make money. And you read that and you go, well, what's wrong with that? You know, people make plans every day. This is just a couple of entrepreneurs, I think. They're putting together a business plan. You know, when? Well, today or tomorrow. You know, where? Well, this city or that city. You know, how long? Well, uh, we're going to spend a year. What are we going to do? We're, we're carrying on business. Why? Well, to make money. I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, the Bible says that there's nothing wrong. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about planning. The Bible doesn't condemn making a legitimate profit. But these guys are, are doing the planning. They've, they've got a purpose. They've got a place. They've got the progress that they want to see. I think they've got it all covered. So what's wrong? Well, the common mistake that most make, and that is planning without God. There, there's not a, a single mention of God in the entire plan. They, they knew what they wanted. They knew how to move it forward. But the problem is they didn't check with God. You know, in Luke uh, 14, uh, Jesus asked a crowd one time, he says, does anyone build a tower without first considering the cost? And it's a rhetorical question. It is, the answer is, of course not. You know, the book of Proverbs says over and over that we're, we're to plan. In fact, it says you're a fool if you do not plan. That it is wise to, to plan. But the issue is not about the planning the issue has to do with planning without God. No, these guys, they, they, they're dreaming. 
They, they've got some goals. They, they did that. That's a good thing. But the problem was they didn't include God. The issue isn't what you do, but the issue many times is what you forgot to do in your life. In fact, I would ask you this question. When was the last time that you made a plan, but you prayed before you made that plan? You know, this attitude of self-sufficiency will push you to plan without God. I was reading an article a while back. Uh, Alexander Saul, he's a historian. He's an a expert on Russian history. And he, he followed for almost 50 years, just documented and followed the Russian Revolution. Collected hundreds of, of personal testimonies. He's read hundreds of volumes of books. He's written eight that are considered some of, some of the best on, on Russian history. And they ask him what he thought the main cause of why the revolution failed. And he very simply said they forgot God. And in fact, he continued and he said that if he had to pick the main trait of the last century, that he would say, people have forgotten God. James says, you, you can be a believer, but if you forget God in your daily plans, you're, you're messing up. And I know a lot of people that they would say, you know what, I love God. I love God with all my heart. But when it comes to planning, whether it's a business plan or a career plan or an education plan or whether, whether they're planning something with their family or their life, they're practically atheists in how they approach it. And I, I've said this before. It is very sad. It breaks my heart when I meet someone and they say, I don't believe in God. But do you know what bothers me more? is when someone says, I believe in God, yet they function like God does not exist. You know, they make plans without God, and that's real easy, isn't it? I, I'm independent. I'm self-sufficient. Are you? Are you? Really? I believe in God, but does God have a say and whatever your plan is. I've heard it all through the years. People go, well, you know, I don't, I don't mix my faith and my business. You know, I, I just don't do that. It doesn't affect my work. Well, friends, all business is God's business. If you're a believer, everything that we do, God has a say in it. So how do you level up in, in your life? Well, I can tell you, don't plan without God. It's presumptuous. It's practical atheism. It's problematic when we don't include God. James goes on, he says, instead you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Now, newsflash here, the best laid plans often fail. How many of you have figured that out? <laughs> It's life, and life has a word right in the middle of it. What is it? If, if, it's right in the middle of our lives. If, I don't know what is going to happen tomorrow, and neither do you. We may guess, but we don't know. 
where, where do you start? Where do you start? Well, you might start with just a simple, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? What do you not want me to do? You know, what, what do you have to say on this? The, in other words, preface the, the, the plans that you've got with that phrase, if it is the Lord's will. Now, could that become a cliche in your life? Sure it could. It's easy to trivialize what, what we do. But James says we need that kind of attitude where we say it's up to you, God. Whatever you want, God, that's what I want in my life. And it also reminds us that everything, everything, everything rests with God. You know, Christians for hundreds of years, they, anytime they would sign their name, they would put the initials DV next to it. So if you wrote a letter to someone, DV, after you signed your name, if you were signing a document, some kind of business document, you'd sign DV after it. And it means Deo Valente, God willing, God willing. James says that ought to be our attitude in life. This is what I'm going to do. See, it's okay to plan, but to include God in the plan, in the process, and say, God, God willing. You know, there are several ways uh, that you can kind of respond to God's will. You know, God's got a will for your life. And one of the ways you can respond is to recognize, yep, that's God's will, and then do your own thing. Lots of people do it. Or you can go, yeah, there's God's will, but you resist it. You ever done that? You try and avoid it, try and deflect it. You, you struggle with it. You bang around in life, trying not to do it. And then what usually happens is kind of by default, you finally go, uncle, I give up. And, and you accept God's will. Or, and I will tell you, this is a much easier way to live life where you recognize God's will and you pursue it. You pursue it more than anything else. You let God infiltrate your plans and as you begin to, to move forward, you let him infiltrate your, your future, ultimately infiltrate your entire life. Proverbs says this, we make our own plans but the Lord decides where we will go. We make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we will go. Bottom line, stop making plans without God. I know how this goes, because we're, we're, we're sly on this. We'll, we'll go to God and go, okay, God, I've, I've made my plans. I've got it all laid out. Now, I want you to bless these plans. And I want to suggest that instead of approaching life that way, it doesn't work, by the way, to just say, God, help me to be doing what you will bless in my life. God, I know you have a plan for my life. I want to be a part of it. I want to make the right choices. I mean, who knows? Who knows what's best for your life? Think about that. Who knows what's best? You 
or the creator of this universe? God. The God that created you. First mistake many people make, planning without God. And I'm suggesting you include God in your plans. You include God as you're setting goals, as you're trying to move forward in life. Second mistake is assuming you have tomorrow. James, James says this, he says, why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're, you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Don't assume, don't assume anything. Life is unpredictable. How many of you have figured that one out? <laughs> Life's unpredictable. You do not even know what's going to happen tonight let alone a year from now. You're just guessing. The fact is the wars escalate and storms hit and companies restructure and economies, they just crash. You know, friends turn, spouses leave. You never know what's going to happen. You can go from feast to famine in a moment. You know, one day everything's great, and the next day the bottom drops out. There, there is no guarantee that you're going to have perpetual success in your life. Life is uncertain. Life's uncertain. It's a fact of life. This shouldn't frighten us. In other words, we shouldn't live in fear because of it. I know people live in fear, and they, they're stressed, and they're fretting, and they're worrying, and they're freaking out. You can trust God. You can trust God. You can trust God with your business. You can trust God with your profession. You can trust God with your relationships and with your family. You can trust God with your life. I love the Psalms, and, and David, David, he understood this. He says, Lord, all my days, all my days are in your hand. You do not know what the future holds, but you know who holds the future, and that changes everything. Not only is life uncertain, but life's brief. Life is very brief. That it says, uh, you're a mist, you are a mist. The, the Greek, it's atmos. Uh, it's where we get atmosphere from. It, life is like a, a fog that comes on in the morning. And you can't, you can't even see anything. And by the afternoon, it burns off. The Bible describes life in many different ways. uses phrases like, life's like a leaf. Life's like grass, like a shadow, like a cloud, like a puff of smoke, like a vapor. And then it's gone. Jeannie uh, Calumet, she, she is the uh, oldest recorded person in modern history. She lived to be 122. Can you imagine that? 122 years old. And they ask her on her 120th birthday, they ask her to describe the future. I love her answer. She goes, very brief. <laughs> Very brief. We are one heartbeat away from eternity. All of us. One heartbeat. You do not know how long you've got. Therefore, do not take today for granted. Do not take today for granted. 
James, James says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, see, he's coming back at you here. You boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. James is making a caution, and it really has to do with attitude. You know, that attitude that says, well, next year I'm going to, you know, double my income. Next year I'm going to take over three new territories. Next year I'm going to change jobs. Next year I'm going to build this. Next year I'm going to do this or that. And he says, just be careful. Be careful. You know, why, why are you doing it? Pro- Proverbs 27.1 says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. In other words, you don't know what's going to happen. I have found that announcing goals, and I I believe in setting goals and stuff, announcing them can be a statement of faith. Or it can be a statement of arrogance. And the difference has to do with the motive. You know, why are you saying what you're saying? In other words, check with God first. Don't assume about the future you know, what, what's the solution? I mean, how do we level up in, in the midst of this? Jesus said this, and Matthew says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live what? One day at a time. That's how you face the future. One day at a time with God. One day at a time. You know, the future, it can be overwhelming. Some of you right now, the future is overwhelming. But fortunately, it comes in very small pieces. In fact, it comes in 24-hour segments. And so we plan for the future. We, we take advantage of the present in our lives. And we plan, but the fact is, we have to do something else in the midst of it. Uh, Spencer Johnson, some of you have probably read his bestseller, One Minute Manager. Great book. But he also wrote a book that many haven't read, but it's a great book, The Precious Presence, which covers one theme, (laughs) The Precious Presence. And he is literally talking about the present moment, the present time. It's all that we have is this moment right now. It's all that we have to give to the world is this moment right now. That's all we're guaranteed. We do not have next hour or next week or the next month or the next year. What we have is now. It's a different way to live. The present is a gift from God. The fact that I can stand here in this moment It's a gift that God's given. And we ought to use it. We ought to use every moment. You have the present. Do not make the mistake of assuming you have tomorrow. See, another mistake that that we make when it comes to the future is that we put off doing good in in this world. James says this. He says, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is what? Sin for them. Ooh, sin. We don't like that word, do we? See, James is talking about that procrastination that happens. Someday I'm going to. Have you ever met a someday person? 
always saying someday they're going to do something, and they never seem to be doing anything. And I want to scream and go, do something. Even if it's wrong, do something. You know, move. You know, I heard this years ago. You've probably heard it too. Procrastination is my sin. It only caused me sorrow. I know I ought to change my ways. In fact, I will tomorrow. (laughs) We love putting stuff off, and James says it's a trap. It's a trap. When you know the right thing to do and you do not do it, it's sin. See, I think we we have a hard time with that. We, We think about sin being an activity. Like, like uh, murder, adultery, cheating, lying, stealing. Those are sins. They're sins of commission. We actively do them. But there are also sins of omission. If you know you should do something and you do nothing, it's sin. In other words, Christianity, hear this, Christianity is more than avoiding evil. It's more than avoiding evil. It's also doing good. Procrastination, it's a subtle subtle trap that gets a lot of people. And I know a lot of people that live in uh, what I'll say is the land of someday. You know, someday I'll do this. You know, one of these days I'm going to do this. And, and they never get around to it. They presume that they'll always have tomorrow. One of these days I'm going to get serious about God. One of these days I'm really going to get committed. And they're always waiting for tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. And if you're going to level up, Best advice I got for you is do it right now. Whatever it is, do it now. Step into it today, this moment. Proverbs says this, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, see he's given us an example, do not say to your neighbor, go and come come again tomorrow, I'll give it to you. When you have it with you. If it's in your power to do good now, don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it later. If you can do it now, do it now. Now, there are three things you can do with your life. You you can waste it, you can spend it, or you can invest it. You, You can waste your time, and the way you can find out what you can waste your time doing is watch TV commercials and magazine ads and stuff, and they will show you how to waste your time, your money, and your life. You can spend your life, you, in other words, you can spend your energies and your resources trying to acquire things, chasing fame or pleasure or whatever, or you can invest your life in something that lasts. And what lasts forever? Two things, the word of God and people. And we talked about this in depth a few weeks ago. People last in one of two places in eternity, either heaven or hell. We invest in people. We invest in things. In other words, make your life count by investing in people. 
I saw they were running an old, old commercial for uh, Peace Corps, uh, uh, just, you know, going and helping and disasters and things, things like that. And the, their, their line is, it doesn't matter how long you live if you're not doing anything with your life. Ouch. See, we get all worried, don't we? We get worried about how long am I going to live, you know? I want to I live a long time. And the fact is, God worries about what we're doing with our time and our lives. Are you making your life count? Or are you wasting your life on things that don't matter? You know, Matthew 25, Jesus tells a story about a man that was going on a trip. And so he entrusted his wealth with his servants. And so he gave one servant one talent. Now, you should know a talent's like a weight of gold, so it's quite a bit of money. He gave five talents to another servant, and he gave ten talents to another one. And he left, and he came back years later. And two of the servants had doubled the money. But the servant that got the one talent, well, he had taken the gold and he buried it in the ground. He did nothing. And so the wealthy man is like, at least you could have put it in the bank. I mean, we could have got a little interest on it. And he ends up calling him. He says, you wicked servant. Friends, what had the guy done, really? Nothing. He'd done nothing. That's wickedness. Doing nothing with your one and only life, it's bad. It's not a good thing. Well, I, I do all these things. Are they the good things that God called you to? Whenever you intend to, to, to do good in life, do it now. Not next week, not next month, not next year, not, not when you retire. Do it now. Do it now. You're thinking about inviting someone to church? Do it now. You're thinking about helping in the kids' zone? Do it now. You're thinking about serving? Do it now. You're thinking about serving at a mission somewhere? Do it now. Thinking about leading a group or getting in a small group? Do it now. Thinking about giving the tithe to God? Do it now. When you're thinking about giving your life to Jesus Christ? Do it now. You know, Paul says this, he says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now. You know, Luke uh, 12, Jesus tells a story about a really successful guy. And he says this guy made a foolish decision. He made the mistake that James warned about. See, this guy, he planned without God. He, he assumed he had tomorrow. He put off doing, doing good. And so he's a farmer, he has a bumper crop. He has more than he can possibly store. And so he devised a plan. He says, I'm gonna build big barns. And I'm gonna fill these big barns. In fact, he says, I'm gonna eat, drink, and be merry in scripture. He had a plan, he had a plan. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get 
what you've prepared for yourself. Jesus says he was a fool because he did that. In fact, Jesus closes the parable and he says this. He says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. See, it's perspective in life. You do not know how long you're going to live. You have no idea. And I'm not trying to be morbid. And I don't want us all freaking out going, oh, no, oh, no, we could die at any moment. But friends, I'm saying, give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, put your life in God's hands, not because you might die, but because you're going to live tomorrow. So you need God involved in that. That's how you begin to level up. But you do not know how long you've got, but you have today. You have today. You need to take the step. You need to make the change. You need to give your life to Christ. Not, not tomorrow, not next week, today, right now. You know, Acts 24, uh, you have to read the story this week, just read the chapter, but Paul, Paul's a prisoner and he's before King Felix, and this is in the northern part of Israel. And so Paul's talking to the king, and he's like, Felix, you know, God, God's got a plan for your life, and God wants to work through you. You, you weren't created just to take up space on this planet. You weren't designed to, to get up in the morning and go to work and then come back home. And you weren't designed to just watch TV and go to bed. You, you weren't designed that way to, to work and retire and then die. And he's having this great conversation with him. He goes, you know, there's, there's more to life, Felix. There's more to life, and it starts when you give your life to Jesus Christ and commit yourself to him and allow God to begin to manage your life. And it's interesting because Felix is listening to him, and he's like, that is, that is really interesting. I, I'd like to hear more about that. Why don't you come back in a few days, and, and we'll talk some more. He never got another chance to have that conversation with Paul. In fact, Felix was called to Rome for his own trial. My point is, do not presume that you have tomorrow. Plan, plan for the future, but plan with God. Don't assume you have tomorrow. Start living today. Make your life count. Don't wait, though. Don't wait. Do it now. Do it now. You know, what are your plans for the future? Most of you have set your days, haven't you? You've marked your calendars. You've made plans. And too many of us have made plans, and then we go, oh, yeah, by the way, God bless it. Again, practical atheism there. Do you act like God doesn't exist when you're making plans in your life? In fact, are you any different than a person who says, I don't believe in God? Does God have a say in your schedule, or do you just fill it up? I mean, does God have a priority in your planning? And I know this is, this is tough stuff, but I will tell you it's defining. So let's get more specific. Have you talked to God? Have you talked to God about 
going back to school maybe, get a degree? You know, have you talked to God about your plans to get married? Have you talked to God about the fact that you're thinking about divorce? Have you talked to God about who you're dating? Have you talked to God about about your business or some career change that you're thinking about? Have you talked to God about how you're investing or how you're spending? Have you talked to God about retiring? And if you're like most, to be like, well, no, not, not really. And my point is, don't you think God's interested in that? James says, don't plan your life as if God doesn't exist because it's not smart. Check with God. Consult God. Let God help you through that process. Some of you, I just need to ask you this. Do you have a tendency to take tomorrow for granted? In other words, are you living life to the fullest or is life passing you by? And I know how this goes, because I'll talk to people that go, well, there'll always be time to to spend with my kids. But right now, I mean, we've got the pedal to the metal, and we're trying to make ends meet. And once we reach a certain level in our life, then we'll slow down. And then I'll spend more time with the kids and with my spouse. Right, right, right. Okay. You can believe it. But you'll wake up one day and your kids will be grown. See, what starts as a temporary condition in our life becomes a permanent lifestyle. And I've watched that destroy a lot of families and a lot of people. I've watched people going 100 miles an hour. They're, they're going to bring in the cash and they, they believe that once, once they get there, it'll all be great. And you know what happens many times? They may get there. But then they look around, there's nobody to share it with. In fact, if you knew you only had one year to live, this will help you in life. How would you change what you do? What would you do differently with your spouse, with your children, with your grandkids, with your friends? with God. That defines things, doesn't it? God says, live each day like it's your last. You want to know how to level up? Live each day like it was your last. Don't live in fear. Plan for the future, but live for today. Do what you know you need to do. Do what you know that you've been putting off for a long time, going, oh, someday I'll get around to it, someday I'll get around to it. And James just says, don't do it that way. Do it now. Don't wait. See, level up. You want to know how to level up? Start living today like it was your last day on this planet. Say the things that you need to say. Reach out to the people you need to reach out to. Sit down. I guarantee you, sit down with your calendar. You know, whatever dictates what you're going to do tomorrow, next day, the next day, and the evenings, and all that. Sit down with it and go, if I only had one year left, 
what would I change on this calendar? And start living that way. And what you will find is you will level up. And you'll start living life on a whole nother level. And it will splash into your careers and your home. Your children will thank you for it. Your grandkids. And you know what? You put your head down on the pillow at night and you go, today was a good day. Didn't get done all the things I planned, but I got done the things that I needed to do. Let's stand for a word of prayer together. God, I pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would just nudge us. God, you have a plan for our lives. You say a plan for good, plan to take us to that next level. God, I thank you for the promise in your word. But God, so many times our plan gets in the way and and I pray we just kind of clear the deck and say, okay, new day. What are your plans for my life? What are, what are, where am I messing up? You know, where am I choosing poorly? And God, I pray that uh, every day that we would live it like it's our last. That we'd bring glory to your name with everything we say and do. God, help us to keep you front and center. And if today's the last, that you're at the center of it. And if it's 80 years from now, that you're at the center of it. God, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We pray all these things in your son's name. God's people said, Amen. Let's worship together.